This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, a match play podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Big Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Little Sean. How's it going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, I guess I probably should change that intro after our last show. Maybe I could be Identity Crisis Sean or, or something of the sort. I'm not entirely sure these days. Um, but <laughs> Monotone Sean, and I'm joined by my mate, um, Sean, who actually wins at tournaments. So... So, yeah, that's just, um, just, that's... just wait until the weekend, man. You'll be sweet. You'll be back up no, there. No. This is just a train wreck of an intro, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I'm not sure what to say because I'm just fucking <laughs> rambling about shit. Um, so it's been a couple of weeks, guys, since we've recorded. Uh, AOS 2 has obviously dropped, um, and there's lots of change going on. Um, tonight we've got a bit of a free format show for you. Um, Sean's played, um, so myself, I've played one game of AOS 2, which was today. Um, and my mate Sean here has played uh, quite a few games. So what we thought we'd do is sort of jump on on the podcast in airwaves and sort of share with you what we've learnt, um, what we think's actually changed. Um, I mean, why the rules have gone from four pages to, I think it's 18 pages. Uh, a lot of the rules in there are just clarifications or expanded expansions of, of the wording, stuff we already knew, but they've actually put in writing or just migrated from FAQs and erratas. Um, so we'll talk about sort of what's actually changed within the game um, and what we've found our experiences to be so far. And um, yeah, it's so that's roughly the topic that we'll talk about. It's sort of going to be all over the place. Um, as I said, it's going to be quite rambly, um, hopefully on point though. Um, unlike this intro, which is just all over the show. Um, but we'll see where we go from here. Um, so yeah, AOS 2, it's here. Uh, I have a tournament this weekend, uh, Warhost up in Hamilton, New Zealand. Um, it's, I believe we've got about 20 players coming, which isn't too bad considering, um, AOS 2's come out and General's Handbook and this tournament was planned a few months back before we knew about AOS 2, um, and especially before we knew the date. Um, uh, but when we heard the news, uh, the TO committed to AOS 2, uh, which I think was awesome because once the new edition's here, you're not going to go back. Um, so we're sort of going balls deep into AOS 2. So it's going to be a bit crazy. Uh, so it's a five game match play tournament. Um, over Saturday and Sunday, possibly the first match play tournament in the world. I'm not too sure. Um, but I know Six Nations is on this weekend, but given that we're in the future from the UK, I'll claim that we're the first ones. Um, might not be the case, but hey ho. Um, so what I've been doing is I've, you know, as a Stormcast player, got um, two sets of the Soul War box. Uh, my intent was to run pretty heavy Soul War stuff, so Sacrosanct, because uh, the models are fucking awesome. Um, the rules are pretty pretty good as well. Um, but then GW came and laid the sort of, um, broke the news that the Stormcast Eternal book is coming out this weekend as well, uh, which I was expecting it to come out, um, but I was expecting sort of two weeks. Um, so in all honesty, it's sort of killed any interest at the moment until I get my hands on those bo- on that book. Um, by what I mean by interest, sorry, is I'm still pumped about Stormcast, still pumped about AOS 2. Um, but until I get my hands on that book, I don't really want to commit and build and paint a whole bunch of new models. Um, because 
I don't think the rules should change, but um, you know, there's there, there's there's going to be changes. There's going to be changes to existing units um, that I have. I mean, the Face Hammer Stormcast episode dropped yesterday, I believe it is, and um, I've listened to it once, and there are some changes in there, some changes coming. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm in a sort of weird position for this tournament. I'm not sort of committing too much to it. I'm not worried too much about how I place, but no doubt as soon as I get to the table on Saturday of my first game, uh, the competitiveness will come out in me and I'll take it as seriously as I can until I get beaten. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at. Played one game, as I said, building, building and painting Stormcast, um, trying to write a list for this weekend, a list that could possibly be used into the future. But given that Stormcast is getting another 17 heroes dropped on us and they're all pretty useful and versatile, um, I don't know how much of my list at the moment for this weekend will survive um, going beyond this weekend. The Stormcast book is not in effect as well, I should say that. Um, so everything that was released before the 1st of July, or I think it was the Sunday even, um, we, we're not allowing. So the Soul Wars starter box is in. Uh, the GHB is in, um, that massive FAQ that they sort of dropped on us is in. Uh, however, the new Stormcast stuff is, the Stormhost stuff is in, so, so on and so forth. Yeah, most, most importantly, uh, the ballistas in. How many yeah, ballistas can ballistas, we build before Warhost? <laughs> the ballistas voluntarily in. Well, I, I own two of them and I've been lent two by, um, by good mates, Tom and Lee. Um, so thanks for that, Lance. So. Um, as we might get to a bit later, I'm just going to spam ballistas because they're just broken and they're cheap <laughs> and um, they're easy enough to build and paint. Um, but we might we might touch on that a bit later on. So, Sean, as you've played um, a dozen or so games, or I don't know how many exactly, but quite a lot of games of AOS 2 so far, do you want to maybe sort of touch on what you've learnt, what's really changed, what hasn't changed? Is magic really the new hotness or is it just overhyped like just give us you know a sort of summary of your thoughts and we can just sort of spitball and shit talk and go yeah, from yeah. there um yeah i think the game's largely the same pretty much i, I think i played maybe 10 games maybe pushing 10 games and um nothing's overly different we're all prepared for like the the shooting debuffs on heroes that was probably Probably one of the bigger ones so far. Um, Magic's pretty much the same. There's, it, it was always big before, it's still big now. The endless spells are sick. Uh, they're all cool to see on the table though. Um, myself and the Palmy Boys have just been spamming those as many as possible just, just for, just for a switch up, which has been cool. Um, yeah, sorry mate, I'll interrupt you there because I, in my game today, um, I pulled out a burning head and then, um, diced off my opponent one and i was so fucking stoked that i just got to move the burning head <laughs> like, it's stupid i was just so excited i was like fuck yeah and it just hit a couple of clan rats and did nothing like literally two mortal wounds or whatever we but it was just really cool seeing a spell on the board and just moving it around we played that um in the malign sorceries book there's a um a scenario where the the purple sun's on the board and you can't you can't oh, dispel yeah. it. It's just there the whole time. It was just a fun game, intro game with some guys down at the um down at the the gaming store, and um uh-huh. whoever controlled the most objectives got to move the purple sun. So that was pretty sick. Just cruising this big invincible fucking ball around and nuking some 
some Seraphon was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> I might have to give that a shot. But yeah, sorry, mate, I interrupted you because I had fun. No, no, no. Burning head. Easily entertained yeah. I am. Um, the scenarios. The scenarios are awesome. I really like the scenarios so far. Um, <clears throat> especially that it's that new one. It's kind of like Scorched Earth. Um, do you know what it's called? Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, I think I think my book's in the car. Yeah, it's set up kind of like Scorched Earth, um, except you tally your points up as you go, and you can you burn them like you're doing Scorched Earth, um, but you score two points if you've held it for two turns, three points if you've held it for oh no, it starts doubling, so I think it's four four points if you hold it for three turns, um, hold it the whole game and burn it. It's worth like eight points, which I thought was a pretty cool. Pretty cool way to play the scenario since you don't score any points holding it as you go. You have to burn it to score the points, so it's pretty like risk versus reward. Um, yeah, I reckon that one would be. A... Would you say it's like a a subtle fix to what was previously seen as a bit of a bogey scenario, given that armies like murder host could just run across the board. You know, first of all, RIP Murderhost. Um, but could just <laughs> run, up, run across the board. My fucking 200 blood and, leaders and... are crying. Look at me right now. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, they changed Scorched Earth, eh? It's it's still in the game, yeah, but now so you can move up closer. Say... It's it's and you can't burn first yeah, turn. So... Yeah, so you start nine inches away from the territory. So that means you can put a chaff wall for inches in front of the objective. Um, but it still means first turn charges are on. And then starting from the second battle round, you can raise um, for D3. Yeah. It's sort of the whole so problem, you know, though, yeah. really. Like, the whole problem was that, yeah. um, like, I, I played Murder Host as long as I could. And um, whenever I got Scorched Earth, it was pretty much like, well, I'd, it's very, very, very unlikely that you can win this game. Um, and all I have to do is roll, like, six yeah. dice at the start of the game. And then, like, I win most of the time. It's like, it wasn't fun. Yeah. For me, and it wasn't fun for them. It was kind of just like, oh, dumb. <laughs> like, it didn't feel yeah, fair. I, mean, I, I played you at Vanguard. Yeah. Ah, with Vanguard and Wing, yeah. You ran, yeah, and I ran Vanguard Wing. <laughs> and had I not had Vanguard Wing, um, I won in the end, but that's just because Vanguard Wing was abusive. This was pre-FAQ, so in and out of combat. Um, if Vanguard Wing wasn't that abusive, then it would have been just like a, a game on first turn because you burnt two objectives in the first year. Yeah, yeah, that was the um, first time in the whole GHB 2017 or whatever it was that I had actually lost Scorched Earth with the murder host. It's, uh, it's, it was just like, that shouldn't happen like that. It just, yeah, perfect. it was yeah. silly. Um, I think the first scenario you're talking about was the better part of Yeah, the that's Valor. the one. So it's like the same setup as Scorched Earth and then you score two points, but if you had it, then you score four points. I mean... Some of these names of these missions are just quite fucking out there, right? Um, you know, total commitment. <laughs> Is this a relationship? Yeah. Can I run away from this one? Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we, like, can we arrange the terms of this before we get into it? Or the better part of Valor? Or shifting objectives and so on and so forth? But it's cool. 18 new missions. Uh, mainly, well, not 18 brand new, but, you know, 18 missions to pick from some from the first GHB and then second, and then just some brand new ones, so that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Not looking forward to playing Relocation Orb, though. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be the new Total Conquest, though. Like... Yeah, I mean, it looks cool, but just 
fuck, that's a lot of mm. admin, you know? Have they got the um so, the measurements down on the on the scenarios on that one? No. No. No, they just have if you roll like a one, two, go this way. Um they probably do and I'm I'm just looking at the picture. Um I'm not actually looking at uh, what does the wording say? I don't know. It probably says move it three inches or six inches. I'm not entirely sure, mate. Um it's not one I've played. I mean the the one I played was places of arcane power. Um, so that's, you know, sort of like the old free places of power, except it has to be a wizard or it has to be, um, a hero with, with a artifact of power. See, I like, um, which now that I think about it, my Castellan couldn't have scored that objective anyway, uh, because he's, he doesn't fit the criteria of either of those. So yeah, it wouldn't matter if he got there. See, I like that one, but it kind of falls into the same problem as duality and what it, it was three places of power before. That you shoot your heroes off and then they can't, yeah. like, there's no game from them onwards. And now it's even more restrictive. It's yeah. like, if you play an army like Corn, say, that doesn't have any wizards, you're just relying on how many battalions you have to how many, you know, heroes can actually score the objective. And if it's only one, if you don't have any battalions, then um, you've got one guy that they have to shoot off and then they win. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, it's not, like it used to be where I mean where battalions were so cheap. So I'm thinking like the first general's handbook. So for example, I played Dan M up at Nikon last year and he had one of those uh it was two thousand five hundred points. Um I think and he, had... he had one of those mega battalions where he had like murder host and like four other battalions. Long story short, he had five heroes and he had like six or seven artifacts in his list from all his battalions so he couldn't fit them all in because all the battalions were like 20 or 40 points they were it was a one drop army it was ridiculous and i don't think we have that issue anymore where you can actually fit i mean you can maybe fit two battalions in i don't know about sort of three or four so i don't think artifact saturation will be much of an issue but definitely the wizard saturation because it's good to have a lot of wizards in this game, not so much for your offensive endless spells, but just so you can dispel, you know, so you have a number of dispels. Um, because if you run up against a Nagash or a Zench army, uh, you're going to want those dispels. So I don't, yeah, I mean, it, it's cool, but for an army like mine that has five heroes and two of them are wizards and only one has an artifact, it's quite limiting. But I mean, it's not as bad as original escalation where you used to sort of, if you had like a Stormcast army and you could drop into deployment zone and stop the army from coming on entirely, like that was, that was a really dumb mission. Um, and one that people would abuse. So, I mean, my initial read of the, the missions are, you know, there's some that I'll enjoy playing, there's some that I won't. Um, and I mean, as I said, I've only played one of them in this new edition. So I'll be looking forward to playing another six more, I mean, five more this weekend. And seeing where they go. Yeah, there. yeah, we played that that three places arcane plow too. But um, I had I had the daughters of Cain, so, huh. and I normally take Marathi, so it was pretty uh, better than Duality of Death with Marathi because that way you kind of just hold one point and you kind of just win it for four rounds or whatever until they can finally take care of her. But um, at least it's spread out. You know, you can score some other objectives. But there's a lot more wizards and stuff in the army, so you're not so stuck 
um, as you might be with some of the other armies, like something like Pestilence or um, what else doesn't have really have any wizards. Um, they're going to struggle. Like <laughs> Fire Slayers. I mean, Fire Slayers are never going to win that scenario either. Like you might yeah. have one, yeah, one have a... fucking hero with an artifact and then no wizards. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Iron Jaws, yeah. Iron Jaws. Well, at least they've got, but you've probably yeah. only got one of that. One of that, whatever he is. Yeah. Yeah, Caradron, they're never going to win that one. If there's, any, if, there's any, if there's any KO players left now after the weekend, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't see them having a good moment. Three places yeah. of fucking power, yeah. that's for sure. I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see going forward sort of what TOs do. Um, you know, having 18 missions, do they simply roll like a, D18 dice if a thing exists um, and just say we're going to play, you know, I'll roll it before each round and you'll find out or or we're going to play these six and we'll make it random. I don't know. I mean, I'm a TO myself. I've run a few events so I'm sort of interested to see what everyone else does and sort of what the community accepts. Um, I mean, uh, my plan, I'm not running any events anytime soon, but my plan will be just to um, sort of watch over the next few months and see what the community naturally sort of goes towards and, and doesn't like and we'll see what happens and once we've had a chance to play test them as a community um, and work out any sort of bugs or issues um, you know naturally they'll just weed them way out I mean thinking back from previous tournaments not a lot of people liked Knife, Knife to the Heart um, not a lot of people liked was it Total Conquest in the last GHB the weird sort of deployment I think it was a really cool deployment. scenario it was just too fucking hard to set up yeah. It was it was cool. It was cool. But um yeah, like I played it twice and I friendly, think we played like, it friendly. I one time at your place, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, 'cause yeah. Yeah. So just playing it with mates and, and the fucking garage, I guess, if you want to use that term at my house. Um yeah, it was it was really enjoyable because there was the strategic element to it of like yeah, I could just grab this objective with one guy, but if he walks two guys over here, he's doubling up on points because I didn't really defend it. So it sort of was like, do I want to take this without, you know, um, because if I do take this and I'm offering him two points quite easily, but, um, but no, that was enjoyable, but you're right. It was just, you looked at the deployment and you're like, in a tournament where people, um, imagine um, being a TO trying to help people set the tables up. It'd be like, it would be a nightmare. Yeah, I see Total Conquest still in this actually. Now that I'm skipping through it, I haven't actually read much of the books at all. I've, I was planning to build my army, and it's <laughs> been two days reading the books. Um, but I see Total Conquest is in here, but they've measured it out a bit. <clears> oh, easier, that's good. Yeah, so that's good. There was a thing on AOS Shorts too, wasn't there, where yeah, they yeah. broke it down and um, had it had it all measured out. I, yeah, I don't I think know who I'm... actually did it, but I know Dan had it on the um, on his page there. Yeah, I think it might have been, and I'm so sorry if I'm giving someone else credit. Um, I think it might have been Andrew from Auckland, although I could be wrong. So, um, if if whoever made that map is listening by chance, um, get in touch. And if it's the wrong person, then I'll make sure I give the correct person credit because I used it, and I know a lot of people around the world used it as well. And as you said, Dan had it on on AOS Shorts, and um, I saw a lot of people take to it when he posted it out there. Um, so anywho, I'm thinking we're getting slightly off topic. We're just sort of rambling about <laughs> shit. But, so, so what do you think, given the games you've played, you sort of touched on a couple of things already. 
But what do you think has really actually changed about the game? I mean, yes, there has been some changes, but there's not huge wholesale changes. Um, we measure. Oh yeah, I was now, pretty gutted about that. Good. I really enjoyed playing model to model. Um, you know, I think magic from the one game I've played, um, you need some form of magic defense. Um, I think I made a comment earlier that if you play against Nagash or like a Lord of Change or a Zench, I mean, in general, um, you might be struggling, um, unless you have something equally as powerful. Um, I haven't played, I played a Skaven army, uh, mainly a Pestilence army today. So I can only sort of draw my comments off that. Um, Lookout Sir was a bigger deal than I expected, considering I normally have a bit of shooting, and I had four ballistas, so... And I didn't realise that Fankel isn't a monster, and his Plague Furnaces aren't monsters, so I thought they were, but no. I reckon that's a, that's an awesome rule, um, bringing Lookout Sir back. And not doing... Not going down the 40k yeah, route, I, where it's like, hey, Mahira's here, but you can't hurt him at all. Um, they're like, you can hurt him, but you know, you're at a massive disadvantage to try and do it. I think that's the right way to do it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was um, it was a sort of subtle but effective change um, because I was worried about that too, that they would make um, heroes un- untargetable or some rule around it. Um, but I think they've done quite well with that rule. And I think it was needed as well because you could have some abusive armies where you just shoot off heroes right away. Um, I mean, like, Scry don't give a fuck because they just, they don't roll to hit. They just roll up and do mortal wounds. Um, people like Fankel don't care either. Um, but, but that's good. And also the, sh- the other shooting change, I guess we should talk about is that the whole, um, you can't shoot out of combat. So you can shoot with what you're in combat with. Um, so whatever's within three inches. Um, which I think is also, a lot of people call it, um, a logical change and it, it's more cinematic because why would you shoot someone across the battlefield when you're in combat with someone? Um, I totally agree, but as someone who um, abused, I guess you'd say, that rule, when someone would charge me with some crap, um, I wouldn't really care about. I'd just still shoot the heroes or the primary targets. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it all ran away. So, I mean, in my game, I had a, a ballista or two, maybe even three at one point, charged. And that was definitely a noticeable difference. So that's something that I'm going to have to sort of reset my game plan to, just to make sure that screens are sort of there appropriately um, when they can be. But I think that's also a good change to the game. I'm not it, saying it feels negative. it feels um, more natural too. Of, like if you've ever taken a new player through Age of Sigma yeah. and they're like, oh, I guess I, I have to shoot these guys because these guys punch me in the face, and you're like, oh, not actually. You can shoot that guy all the way to the other side of the fucking board. If you feel like it, like it's it, oh. it just seems it's easy to teach, easy to learn. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's logical. It's a common sense approach. So um, so I think it's a good change. Um, so what else has changed? The priority role. Um, the, I mean, I I didn't think the priority role change was that big. Um, but what I what I think you'll see is a lot of people trying to get lower drop lists. So by lower drop, I mean sort of, you know, at a one to, to three drop if possible. Not too sure how possible that is, as the new battalions seem to be more reasonably pointed, but they seem to have less units included in them. You know, sort of three to five units maybe, instead of being like, chuck eight of whatever you want in here, um, and we're really cheap, you know, sort of like Meadowhost or, or the old Change Host or Ever Chosen Battalions. 
um, all the old storm host battalions um, from the Stormcast, where you take like a Lords of the Storm and then unlock a, a one where you could fill it up with whatever. Um, so yeah, I think people will sort of try build for lower drops when they can, and they will, and people will probably actively take the first turn now and not try seek the double turn because what I found in my game. Uh, is that my opponent outdrops me because I have like 15 drops or whatever, fucking heaps. Um, he took first turn, moved up, and then, um, I did some stuff that's not relevant to the story. And then we diced off for priority and I rolled off and I rolled a four and I was thinking, oh, four, you know, that's not bad. He needs to roll sort of a five, six. And he was like, yeah, remember, since I went first, I, I won the tiebreaker. And I was thinking, and that's sort of when it really sunk in for the first time that, I rolled a four plus, which previously I'd be like, there's a 50 50 chance of me winning outright. And then there's, you know, like a, a sort of what 26% chance or whatever, or 50% chance shows you how bad my math skills are that he'll win outright. And then, you know, there's a small chance that we'll just re roll, but it was actually 50 50 chance that he wins or loses. So I was thinking, fuck, you really need to roll like a five or six if you haven't gone in the previous turn. Um, and of course he rolled like a five. So it didn't matter anyway, cause he bet my roll. But it was a sort of a dynamic to the game or a change to the game that I hadn't fully appreciated prior to playing the game. Um, yeah, that was that was interesting. I mean, what do you what do you think about the sort of turn rolls? Like the you do now? tie a lot more than than you realise, I think. Um, and when you do tie, it's always I don't know the ones you always remember. It's like ah, oh, you know, I was on, on the edge of getting double turned and I really needed it. And then we rolled and we both rolled a, a six or a four or whatever. Um, but it does come up way, way more than you think. There's been quite a few times in the game I've played so far that, um, that we've rolled off and, um, I've won or lost the turn because of that, the dice roll being the same number. Um, I, I think it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing on anybody taking the, the first turn. Um, I, I think it just puts more influence on drops still. Um, that low drops is really quite a big defining factor of the game. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I mean, I believe a lot of new people were sort of put off by the double turn mechanic. And a lot of people that previously played um, Warhammer Fantasy and, now like, and they played maybe one game for four points and they were playing like Wounds and they had like Ogres versus fucking like free people or empire and then some ogre army double turned them and just push his shit in and they're like fuck that was dumb i hate the double turn it's awful doesn't add anything to the game um so i think going to sort of equalizing it um or sort of naturally making it more likely that it's a sort of you go i go sequence is um i think it's quite cool i think it's it quite still good. keeps in so, that like that, that um you know that intensity of if when the you know when you're rolling for the double turn, it's, it's it doesn't get rid of it. It's still like yeah. oh shit, you know the turn's coming up, um, but it does make it less likely to just get fucked on. I think it adds like an, a new layer of drama, in all honesty, which I quite like. Eh? I'm a bit I'm a bit partial to some drama, <laughs> so you know there's you can get your dice cup out or whatever you whatever you do to try to psych your opponent out at the dice off and. And if you went first in the battle round, then it's just another tour in your arsenal to talk shit to your opponent. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's quite cool. Um, and, the, and then the other side of it, the flip side of it was, you know, um, 
in my game, we had uh, we had two endless spells out on the board. We had shackles, um, which had no impact in the game because I summoned them in one spell uh, in one turn, and then my opponent just dispelled them the next turn because he only needed to roll five or more. Um, and then the other one was burning head, like I said before, and it was my opponent took the turn into turn two, and I was like, yeah, I get to move the burning head. Um, and I moved it, and it didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> it was pretty uneventful. Um, but it was quite cool being like, well, he's taking the turn, but at least I get to do something first. Um, and that was that was quite cool. That sort of, you know, gave me something to look forward to, I guess. Put some more factors on that, on that you know, turn as well, on taking that double turn. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, like if it was a purple sun, I, I mean, obviously it wasn't because it was a burning head. But if it was a purple sun, um, my opponent was, as I said, was wearing pestilence. He had many units of clan rats or plague monks or whatever the fuck they're called, rats, rats wearing capes and having lots of attacks with free rolls. Um, and if I had a purple sun and I could clip um, two of his units, which I would have been able to, that were forty man units. Um, you know, that would have been quite terrifying for him and he might have actually given me that turn. So, um, yeah, if you have a purple sun up on the board, then that's definitely something to think about. What else has um, changed? The uh, the artifacts that they've brought in for just just for anybody. Oh my God. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. It gives, gives yeah. like, mixed, uh, mixed armies. Um, or even armies like like Aiden Skaven, like he just wanted to play mixed Skaven, not necessarily mixed Chaos, just mixed Skaven. Gives him a whole range of yeah. artifacts and like weapon buffs and defense buffs that he can put in his army that before he never could. Before it was kind of like a bit of a crutch. Yeah, yeah, and and especially um some of those people that hold on to sort of old world armies. Um, and they don't normally hold on to old world armies for, um, like power plays or, or abuse of rules or anything. I'm thinking of like, um, chaos play. I mean, not chaos, sorry, like war herds or, you know, beastmen, whatever they're called. They're two different factions. Um, or like Duarden, you know, dwarfs. Um, I think it's pretty cool because it adds a bit more selection, um, and uniqueness to those armies. Um, and I mean, one of the reasons I play Stormcast is just because of selection, because there's so much out there. So anything that adds more to the game and gives people more options, um, to play the sort of army or game they want to play, um, or assist some of those armies that quite frankly are just not going to get any love or get a new book or redone until the whole faction gets overhauled. Um, I'm all for. So I think they're really cool. Some are extremely, uh, powerful. Um, the artifact I used today was Lens. I don't know its full name. Um, it's from Hayesh, I think it is. Um, the one where if you're affected by a spell, uh, roll D3 and you minus that many mortal wounds. That so good. More, uh, so good. By... <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So that, um, I think, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, as I said, I was playing against Aiden and he had a Skaven army. Uh, I think he had the capacity to cast four spells a turn. So it's not sort of uh, maybe average. I don't know. I don't know what the average sort of spell count is these days. Um, but his magic phase was pretty non-existent. Um, it didn't really do a whole lot. And the same with mine. He had lens as well. <laughs> and 
So we, we weren't really hurting each other through spells, but I had my lens on a on a Star Drake, so big old fat sexy base, touching most of my army within six inches. Um so that was that was really helpful for me. But I mean that's something that is just head and shoulders really, really good. And quite frankly covers my ass in, in an area that I haven't been able to sort of defend against previously. So um I don't know all of I think there's like eighty odd artifacts. I don't know all of them. Um, but that's definitely a standout one that um, people have been talking about, and you probably know about before you listen to this show. That's for sure. I can't, I can't see the um, <clears throat> the spells getting used um, outside of you know like casual or narrative play or open play or something like that. Some of them are pretty wacky. Yeah, I I don't. Again, I don't know. Sort of, I haven't read through all the books. Um, <clears throat> had busy time at work and. I've got some time off and I'm starting to read from now. Um, but I've, I've, you know, I've seen some of the highlight spells like, like Banishment, for example, where you can just pick up and move an enemy unit, <laughs> which is something that I don't believe there's any ability in the game. Um, the only one that sort of where you can move a, a enemy unit, the only other one that pops to mind is, um, Blood, uh, oh, what's it called? Bloodbound Slaughter Priest, where he's got the like get over here sort of move. Um, where he prays and pulls the unit towards yeah, him or something. Yeah, shit. yeah, that that's right? how it works. Sure. You just run towards the nearest nearest enemy unit, but it's still a lot different to that banishment. Um. Yeah, so I mean that's that's a spell that, from what I know, and I could quite easily be wrong, um, does something that nothing else in the game does. So, I mean, when I hear about spells like that, it's it's sort of weird how people have quickly embraced the artifacts. But yet, don't want to embrace the spells, and, and I have no idea why. I think um, they're just a bit too no, I I swingy, especially like one of them. One of the Ashki ones is you pick a unit, cast on a six, and you just add one to the damage characteristic of the weapon from the unit. So, like, pick your plague monks, and now they're two damage a piece. You're like, sure. oh, yeah. maybe not. I can just yeah, or your your witch owls, and then all of a sudden they're three damage a piece. You know, it's like yeah, mine razor already sort of breaks <laughs> breaks it. Yeah, but I guess yeah, when you say that, I think I mean we're both going to a tournament in early August uh, in Wellington called Call to Arms. Um, traditionally, it's one of the larger ones in New Zealand. Um, I think we're sort of pushing mid thirties and I think we're capped at 40 because again, it's the sort of con style convention with other game systems. So it's just a limited, limiting factor of physical space. Um, and I believe in the players pack, which was released not long after AOS 2, it said that they were going to roll the T, uh, the TO was going to roll for the realm prior to each game. And. Um, and we'll be playing those rules. I'll, I'll double check that while I'm on here, so maybe you can spill yeah. some time, Sean. But I'm pretty sure that's what I read, um, which will but be really interesting. Us, I assume it's a little to... bit better. Um, but some of the realm rules, even I think, is it the realm of death? Are all abilities and attacks are limited to a range of six inches. But it's it, yeah, oh, I can't right. yeah, I can't see that being in a competitive play environment. That'll be interesting. I don't know if it's and I and I mean all the endless spells as well will get 
bonuses depending on what um, the realm is. Uh, so that will be interesting. Sorry, I'm trying to read this player's pack and talk, and I'm fucking useless at multitasking. <laughs> so you need to keep filling. You need to keep filling here, mate. I'm trying to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe maybe I was talking shit. Maybe I was just thinking What's stuff that for? up. I'm sure I did see something like that. Um, the whole, you know, we'll roll off for each round. I thought I saw it too. We'll decide what round think? we're. Uh, I mean, what what do you think of that? Like in general, just that statement that we'll be going to a tournament together, and each round, yeah. So round rules. Each round will take place in a certain realm. If these available for match play, these realms will be decided after all this are turned in. Okay, so you'll know beforehand, is the yeah. way I interpret that. Um, but, you know, it'll be like round one is in the, the realm of life, and then round two is in shadow or whatever. Um, I mean, I think that's left open to a bit of abuse. And I mean, I guess this is a different topic. It's somewhat relevant to AOS 2, because it's a it's a new feature that AOS 2 brought in. But it's sort of a, you know, this is more... Of, Line, along the lines of like, what do you think about tournaments that do this sort of stuff? But it's still somewhat relevant. Um, you know, some armies will, will do very well through this and some might not. Um, what I think will happen is a lot of times people will get to the table and go, Oh, I haven't really read the realm rules. What happens? And you and your opponent will go, Oh, some bullshit like this happens and goes, do you want to play it or do you want to, do you not want to play it? And I think most people just go, nah, fuck it. We'll, we won't play it. We'll just play it without the realms. I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I, I think reckon? something like that would happen too, to be honest. That like maybe not when it's the more narrative players that are there for you know the the spin up of it. Um, but I think if I was playing, you know, somebody and uh, we we rolled it up and they were playing with the full rules and say it was abilities limited to six inch range, I'd be like, yeah, let's give that a miss and just play it as it is. It just takes too much balance out of it. Like you can build your list for the players pack, but you can't build your list for some of the some of the stuff that comes out of there. It's a bit too wacky. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see. I mean, I really just, you know, I we do a podcast. I really should have read this yeah. shit up. So <laughs> I just sound like a bit of an idiot not knowing what's going on. Um, <clears throat> but no, it'll be interesting to see sort of how that's implemented, how it works. And um, I mean, my biggest concern. Is is it going to add a whole lot of time to the sort of pre-game talk that you already have with your opponent in a in a tournament setting? You know, like when you get to the table and you're like, "Oh, hey, mate, how's it going?" Blah blah. blah. If you haven't seen each other or met each other before, you know, you sort of have a chat. Um, that takes a couple of minutes, and then you sort of talk about your list, and sort of before you know it, sometimes it can be sort of ten, fifteen minutes gone, and you've only just sort of deploying people just sort of lose track at a time and then all of a sudden you're not finishing your game. And I mean, this is a pet peeve of mine um, because I have a personal bias of I traditionally play, well, I've played Stormcast and I traditionally play sort of late game armies that need sort of turn four and five to win. So that's really my only concern is that first of all, it's going to be broken as fuck for some armies and you might just get someone pushing back saying, nah, we're going to play it because it suits my army. Um, and then the second issue is just running through all the rules together and then deciding and then obviously the time impact that has on, on the whole game. So what else has changed in AOS 2? We've sort of briefly covered um, in some sort of tangent uh, the roll-off, uh, sort of moving spells or just what I thought about it anyway, uh, shooting, uh, oh, cohesion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, cohesion. Fuck yeah. Fucked myself today. <laughs> did, you, did you kill your guys? You know, 
Yeah, I killed, killed like oh, two liberators. No. I was like, oh, they need to be in range for Forge Defender. Because I, I, it's, yeah, it was, I'd put my, um, my Grand Hammer, so it was just like, you know, five liberators. And I put my Grand Hammer, so if they're just in a straight line, um, five guys in a line, uh, my Grand Hammer was like second from the left. I killed the left guy. And I killed the middle guy because I was the <laughs> last guy on the right was in range. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, what the fuck? That's not coherent. Um, so yeah, I'll end up killing a couple more guys. That was, that was something just, uh, that was oh, a bit of a gotcha no. moment that I might need to, yeah, I, I imagine I'll be doing a cheat sheet for this weekend. Don't like, pull guys know, from the middle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, if I take in the spell. You know, it goes off on this, and it does this. You know, just sort of basic shit like that, and buff ranges, and if anything's holy within, and so on and so forth. Little cheat sheet. Um, but I'll probably write in caps at the top, like cohesion. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because I play I play a small elite army and with, um, effectively lost um two guys for for no real with the good Star Drake reason. in it though, and the Star Drake likes that rule a lot. Yeah, pick, yeah. Pick so, the rats trail back and so pull I, them off, I, I and the rest of them can run away. Yeah, so I did try doing that against Aiden um, in my game. So after I remembered about cohesive or cohesion, um, I went ahead and ate some rats the next turn. And there was like 30 of them. And I was like, I'm going to eat these three. But uh, I activated first. And I said, I'll eat these three with the intent that, you know, maybe. And he goes, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to pile it anyway. And I said, oh, that's right. <laughs> so... He wasn't really set up in a, he was sort of just in a ball around me, in all honesty, and I was just trying to eat some of the middle guys, but that, you know, the, the pile-in rule has also changed, I guess that's a good segue. I don't think I really like this rule, because I believe old pile-in rules used to really reward um, good strategic gameplay, whereas now I feel like you can be lazy with the pile-in. Um, you know, before you could sort of base a model um, and then and then, um, you know, lock them in combat and so on. But now you can sort of slide around, especially if it's a big monster or something. Um, you used so I to think be able to do some janky shit. Well. Like it really separated the um, the really good players from the from the average player. You could really get away with some some bullshit with um, piling in and basing. But I, yeah, I think it separated people who were sort of aware of the rules. Yeah, I no, I just I agree with what yeah. you said. I agree yeah, I think like we were saying before. I, I quite like it because it gets rid of that that thing where you know you you pile your models in and you push them in base and maybe you don't tell your opponent or you tell your opponent and they're not listening um, and then they come along bump them go oh look they're not in base and start moving them you're like yeah you know sometimes it hits a nerve sometimes it's like it's quite important that you've based them um, but now it doesn't matter so it's like fuck it yeah. whatever just move them it's you can still base people you can still base lock them but it's just a lot harder. And yeah. yeah, it just gets rid of that weird little you know, situation where you're like, oh, you're based. You're like, oh, no, I wasn't. I think that's, I think that's an, a pretty, a pretty good point. And especially as the game is growing and expanding and you're wanting to make it more new player friendly and more inclusive. Um, I've seen some pretty fucking, some pretty awkward moments and experienced some pretty awkward moments myself. Um, when people, when I've locked units in base to base, or I've seen other people playing locking units in, and exactly what you just said, you know, a, a player moves a unit in and bases it, and then um, so it can't move, and then a, a model gets knocked, or someone drops a piece of scenery or a piece of, or a dice and moves the guy around, someone puts it back, 
or maybe the opponent just moves it anyway. And, you know, and then one of the players says, hey, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, I didn't know about that. And, you know, it just sort of takes an area of possible conflict out of the game. So the game runs smoother. So I guess it is good in that sense. So I guess from my elitist perspective, um, I think it's a bit lazy, but for the game going forward and for just ease of play, it's probably a winner. So um, I'm pretty neutral on that one. I, I think you raise a good point, though, which can't be ignored when you're discussing it. So, so yeah. Um, any other changes? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, what else? I don't know, man. Um, yeah, so we talked about spells, shooting, cohesion. Um, I feel like the um, the cohesion rule might get a bit of a bit of a tweak. That being said, um, as to which side you take your models from, um, I've used it a couple times. Taking, um, you know, I might have lost one model, just lost some blood reavers in combat. Uh-huh. So I take them out of cohesion, and then I kill the other eight. So the one runs away from battle shot. So I'm scoring blood type points, stuff like that. Yeah. Or um. Taking one yeah. to take the other two or three, so that you loose them up, and now they're not in combat anymore. If you mean battle shock or something like that, I I, I don't, I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's you can abuse it, and but it is cool. It stops the yeah, I the, think it's... the weird tails and that weird thing where you're stuck in combat, but you've got one guy on the other side of the board staying in banner range or in buff range or whatever. Yeah, and I've I've, I've just remembered one of the biggest points that we forgot, which is command points. <laughs> yeah, um, but this sort of Goes on here. I know. I fucking good job, <laughs> lads. <laughs> yeah, fucking well done. Well done. Um, command points. So this is this is interesting. Um, my list didn't have any. Um, it had one command ability, and it was a guy who um it was the Lord Ordinator, and who I know his scroll is changing as of this weekend. But as of the moment, if he's your general, you can use his command ability. He's not my general. Um, I haven't seen any ruling on that. Do you know if, it has, if, it's, if there's any sort no, of ruling it, on that? I looked through the FAQs and nothing's stated, so if it's not your general, you just can't use it. Um, not all of them say yeah. if it's your general. Um, a lot of the corn ones don't, like just the ones that I've been looking through. Um, so I don't know if they're going to rule it like that or if that's the way that they keep it um, under control. Yeah, I mean, there is a few Stormcast ones that do say, you know, if, if this, you know, it's general, et cetera, et cetera. Um, however, the ordinator's changing. Uh, I've heard that on, on Base Hammer. I've heard that on other YouTube shows and shit like that. Um, so that command ability's gone, um, but that's fine. So I assume, you know, as they roll out new books, they'll just say, you know, use this command ability in the hero phase or shooting phase or whatever phase is relevant. Um, so as I said, um, I had no battalions on my list. I had... Five heroes. I had an ordinator, um, a knight, a cantor, a spellweaver, Castellans, and uh, the Lord Ordinator. And only the Lord Ordinator out of them have the command ability because they use the um, the God. I can't remember his name now. Not Castellan on Star uh, Drake. Drake's one Templar. Drake's one Templar. My God, <laughs> you, you think I'd notice? Yes, eh? we've, we've only been talking about him for <laughs> like, well, like two weeks. <laughs> It's the first time I played him, so yeah, maybe maybe that's maybe that's my reason. But no, I think he's pretty. I think he's pretty sweet. Yeah, he's, he's in a good place, given his recent yeah. points drop, um, and the fact that you'll have wizards for Mystic Shields, so, yeah, because that's really all you're losing. Um, this Storm Lance, I think, is, is hot six, especially if you can buff that. Mystic that Shield is 
awesome than if you're charging moment. a monster. Oh yeah, exactly. It's, it's designed yeah. for him. Um, and you'd be taking a wizard anyway, so you know it's not like you're taking a wizard to get that to unlock Mister Shield. You'd, you'd probably have one regardless, or if not two. Um, so out of those five heroes, only one of them, as I said, God, I ramble. Uh, one of them had the command ability. He wasn't my general, so I couldn't use him. So what I use my command points for. So I was generating one command point a turn. Uh, no battalions. Uh, so I think it was turn three or four before I used my first commander um point. And the first commander point I used was to make a hero run six inches towards an objective. Um, which is which is pretty pretty sweet. I'm I'm not gonna I lie. Love it. Get it um, back on was, the Zinch players, cool. man, that yeah. just burned that all the time. I'm all about it. Yeah, well, <clears> don't need a roll. I think dice. that's I think <laughs> that's the one I've used the most. I think. Rather than even use my own command abilities. I've just been like, cool, move six inches. Nice. Easy. Yeah, well, there's, there's not a, I mean, there is, I mean, Stormcast have like fucking like 30 odd heroes or whatever it is. There's a lot of heroes in there. And there is quite a few command abilities, but it's not often that you would take multiple Stormcast. Um, so what I mean by multiple is, um, several heroes that have command abilities, unique command abilities. So n- not often you'd have a Selicent on foot and then a Selicent on Star Drake. Like you don't often see that. I mean, you might going forward, um, just because of some of the changes, but. <laughs> You wouldn't often see They're that. pointed for their command so, abilities too, so you're never used to take more than one unless he was awesome as well as his command ability. Or his command ability might have been that naff, yeah. but he was awesome away from that. Because you, you really are paying the points yeah. for the command ability as well as the, you know, the rest of the war scroll. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. So you want something that doesn't, I mean, you, ideally you want a, a unit or a hero that isn't just there for the one command ability. Um, you know, you want him to be able to sort of participate in the game in other areas and bring something to the game other than his command ability. Unless it's over the top broken. I'm just trying to think of something off the top of my head that has a bullshit command ability that you would bring just for the command ability. Um, I, 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 I can't, can't think, think of anything any, completely of any... broken, but there's some really good ones, like um, some of the little heroes that add extra attack or plus one to hit. Spam a few of those and just, you know, Use all the command abilities. I know um, Great and Clean One stacks at the moment, I do believe. Um, save your command abilities up and just drop it What's four it? or five times on a unit. What's this command ability? Plus one attack. <clears throat> so save up. Or is that Glockin's plus one wound? So, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just a one unit into a Nurgle, Nurgle demon unit. So if you had a few command points saved up, oh. go and drop plus three, plus three attracts on your plague drones or something and throw them across the board. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, and I, and I think I heard on Facehammer, um, in their podcast that the Lord Kesselin on foot, um, has, his command abilities changed and it's something very similar to that. It's along the lines of you pick a unit wholly within X amount of inches and they get plus one attack and it happens in the combat phase or something. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so you'd be doing pretty much the same in that as well. You'd say, I'm going to maybe, you know, wait one, two, three turns before I, um, before I use my command points and then you just blow your load on onto three or four units or, or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, what else can you use your command abilities for? I wouldn't, I mean, sorry, not your command abilities, your command points. Uh, so you can obviously use them for your command yeah, abilities. So it's a, it's a run. You use them to make a run roll or, or a six. charge, re-roll a charge. And then the inspiring, then inspiring presence, presence, right? Yeah. Which is, which is just auto pass battle shock and that happens in the battle yeah. shock phase, right? It doesn't, it's not like old inspiring presence. So that's quite good because then you can, um, 
yeah, because that way you can um, you know who's losing units and you know who yeah. to uh, It's only just but for that one battlefront phase too, which is quite cool. Um, so it's, yeah. it's yeah. like it's better, but it's not better at the same time. It's uh, it, it stops you know you putting it on forty skeletons and they just go and shoot the other forty skeletons and make them run away. Um, but you do have to think about it. Well, I think it's I think it's better because pre oh, excuse me because previously I would have just gone I'm going to chuck. Inspiring presence on this unit here, whatever it is, a unit of ten paladins. I don't know. Buff them up with everything and chuck them in, and then your opponent goes, "Well, that unit of brutes was the example that I always used to have playing against Iron Jaws players, and that have brutes." And you'd be like, "Well, there's sort of less of an. Inst- I mean, brutes are nasty. You need to deal with them, otherwise they'll deal to you. But you sort of, um, you know, when you know that they're not going to run away." Um, you just sort of like, uh, I've got less of an incentive, so you'd maybe go attack something else that would run away and try to put more casualties on that unit, and then maybe deal with the brutes or, or whatever unit was inspiring later on. So I think it gives you a bit more of a fail-safe being the player who uses inspiring presence, um, because you know you could suffer heavy losses in multiple units, and you could save one of them, um, yeah, or possibly two or three if you can use command abilities in, in that way. I can't, I don't know if you can use multiple of the same command ability in the same phase. Um, interesting enough, though, another important thing to note about spending command points for the run or to reroll charge or inspiring presence is that you have to be within 6 inches of a hero or 12 inches of a hero that is your general. Um, just reading the rule as we're going. <laughs> it's something I've learned. As I said, I haven't read all the rules, so... So I think I might have played that one wrong today. I'm not entirely sure. I need to double check yeah. that. Well, it kind of um, means that you can't. Yeah. So, if you throw them out of the, across the board, out of position, and then all of a sudden they lose way more models than you thought they were going to, and now they're out of range of your heroes, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot. Whereas before you could just chuck it on and throw them away and not have to worry. Um, with inspiring presence, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? I, I, a little yeah, bit absolutely, bro. And I think, yeah, and I think Age of Sigma has always been a very hero hero focused game like hero hammer i've called it from time to time where um it's not like warhammer fantasy battle and i didn't play it um in the more later years i played it as a as a teenager i probably played it a lot uh wrong so you know correct me if i'm wrong if you know better but you'd have those sort of souped up lords that were like sort of six seven hundred points possibly there were a lot of points is what i'm trying to make the point of and they would like walk across the table on their unit and just womp on shit. And, you know, that was sort of like, if you killed that guy, then that was maybe possibly the game. Whereas it's not that bad in Age of Sigma, but it, it can be pretty bad where, you know, a lot of the synergies, a lot of the buffs, a lot of the combos, um, obviously the command abilities, you know, that we've just talked about, um, the unique ones to the general themselves or the heroes themselves, and then also the, the running, the charging and inspiring presence. Um, it's just put more and more importance on your heroes, and um, which is good because you know Lookout Sir sort of complements that. Means you can be a little bit more risky, but I think there's going to be a huge influence uh, on, or a huge effort, I should say, on trying to kill um, your opponent's heroes sort of as soon as you can. Something I tried to do today, but uh, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. What do you What do you yeah. think? Do you think? No. Removing heroes is, is even more important than what it previously was, or not much. No, of a I don't change? think it's too much of a change. I think before, if you take heroes off, you take heroes off before you worry about units. So I don't think it's changed too much. I think it's just a bit more protection to those those little five six wound heroes. 
well, that, that was always the way that I went about it. There's no point trying to hammer their hammer unit with your hammer unit if you could take off their heroes no. and then go hit their unit, which is now squishy or doesn't hit hard anymore. That I think that was the more efficient yeah. way to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's... I guess each game has its own merits and each army has its own merits and it's not just a, a blanket rule of killer hero or whatever. Um, I think Daughters of Cain is sort of the other way around. Is, <laughs> put three, yeah, put kill, three wounds like, on her and then don't worry about her at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, like, would would you kill the Hag Queen or would you kill, you know, would you do five wounds to a Hag Queen or would you rather try, like, kill half the unit of Witch Elves? I don't know. I think probably killing half the unit of Witch Elves might be the better, you know, in, in that sort of scenario. I've generally always tried to prioritize heroes where I can. And yeah, now they've got even more of an importance given that they have the command abilities and the command point system that we do now and, and what those command uh, points can be used for and sort of offer to the game. Yeah, I think they've done really well with them, uh, to be fair. I play 40k as well, and um, I just play it casually, but I've seen how it gets paid competitively. And the command point system, I don't really like it at that sort of level. But I think um, AOS at a competitive level with command points is totally sweet. And at a casual level is totally sweet as well. So um, I, th I think they went the right way with that. Yeah, I mean, I was 40k curious when it came out. Like pretty much every Games Workshop player was, I guess, because there was so much hype and a lot of people got caught up in it. And I was really concerned that, you know, in 40k, you spend a command point, you can... Um, re-roll any dice, uh, like once per phase or whatever it is. And I was concerned that might sort of carry over. Yeah, that, I was worried about that too, um, yeah. Yeah, and then and then there's also the whole, I spend a command point, and um, please quote me if I'm wrong, because I don't play 40k. I played it for like two or three months and then gave up on it. Um, you spend a command point, you can roll again to try to get the command point back, and then your opponent can try to steal the command point, and there's this whole little fucking command point game with inside the game, and it's just like, uh, what yeah, is this? Yeah, exactly. You know? And then you can generate more command points, and and I mean you can generate more command points in in AOS. Um, I mean some of the storm hosts that you do that, some of the artifacts. I think you know if you have a you know if you have this artifact roll a four up at the start of each turn or whatever, get another command point or some shit like that. Yeah, they're just a lot um, less impactful so, though, which is the um, which is how they've balanced it. Yeah, I mean, again, I've played one game as I said. I use my command points to run. Uh, to make my run roll six um, on a couple of rolls, that was really handy. Um, other than that, it didn't really impact my game. And my opponent actually did the exact same thing. I think he made four units run six, auto six, which was really good. Um, but other than that, the command points were pretty minimal impact. But again, the sample size is, is one game, so I'm sure that will change, especially over the weekend when I play five games. Wait, just wait um, until you play a death player. <clears throat> And they start pulling 40 skeletons back out in the grave after you just killed them. For one command point. And you're yeah. Like, oh, fuck's yeah. sake. That took so long. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, that's one of the, I don't know if you've heard of it, but, um, so Hammers of Sigma, Stormhost. So, you know, much like, um, Idenf chooses, I don't know, Idenf groups. I don't know what they're called. Sorry. And how, um, Daughters of Cain sleep little houses, Hagnar or whatever they're called. Uh, cults. Yeah. The temples. Yeah. I don't know what the term is for it. Yeah, temples. There you go. Um, Storm, Stormcast of Stormhosts and um, the Hammers of Sigma. So the Golden Boys, like literally the Golden Boys. Um, one of these is if a unit dies, roll a five up. If a unit's destroyed, sorry, roll a five up. Um, if it's successful, and you, I think you spend a command point too, 
um, you set up that whole unit again the same as it started the battle. So I mean, you might lose sort of five, uh, ten paladors. I mean, not ten paladors, ten paladins, um, or you might lose sort of four forminators or or the Dracolines and new models and shit like that. Because I mean, that's just going to be like soul destroying. Um, if someone is able to bring on a unit back at full strength like that, which is like a decent amount of points, but but I mean that's something that I'm interested to see how that works. Just in general, the summoning and the recycling of units. Um, I'm playing a lad called Ron um, at Warhouse this weekend, and first round he grudged me. He said, oh, "You want to grudge?" And I said, "Oh yeah, let's do it." Uh, played Ron before, but it was like two, three years ago, and um, so it'd be really cool to play him again. And he's running, and I said, oh, I'll just be running my Stormcast because that's all I have these days. And he goes, sweet, I'll be running Seraphon. I was like, oh, fuck, that's going to be a grind. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like, so it'll be interesting going up against a Seraphon army who, from what I've been told, is maybe one of the more extremes in bringing back units um, and bringing models back to the table. Um, and just setting up three units, you know, depending on the slans, how many slans he has. Um, and Ninja to Gods and all that sort of shit, how many points you can generate a turn. It'll be interesting to see. So, I mean, I'll have a, a, a more informed or maybe just a biased opinion um, come next week um, after I face Seraphon. But have you have you played against sort of summoning at all much or, or anything? Yeah. I know Cameron's. Yeah, so I've played, I haven't played Cam Seraphon, but I've, I've watched him play and um, I've played Nurgle and Death. So I've played quite a bit of the summoning uh-huh. armies so far. Um, and I think it's more geared towards, like, Daughters of Cain are a new army with a new book made for this edition. Um, yep. And I think listening to one of the Facehammer podcasts, Byron put it really well. Um, 100% of my Daughters of Cain army is on the table turn one, but uh-huh. maybe 75, 80% of the Death and Nurgle armies are on the table turn one. Um if if the points are right and you know it's it's all worked out and balanced, um, as if worked for it to come on during, um, it's it, 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 it'll be pretty close. Um, I, I haven't found the summoning at all to be too too out of control. I, I think it's fine. I think a lot of people are overreacting and maybe need to get some more games in to find out that it's really not really not that game breaking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just play play the games. Um, experience it for you. You know, experience it. For- yourself firsthand and then form an opinion um as opposed to just going oh seraphon can summon i don't know an injured gods turn two or whatever or or i don't even know what they can summon i know they can't summon bestilodons 24 points they can get a a bestilodon it's it's the highest one they can possibly summon Uh, okay i was gonna say because and they they only generate it from the general too so you know you kill the general and um they're not creating anywhere near as many points. So it's really it's really hinging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really hinging on those characters. Yeah. There's ways to shut it down. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you there's ways to shut down Nurgle, getting their corruption points, yeah. I think it's called. Um just go stand near the trees. Yep. Go stand in this space and yep. all of a sudden they don't get any. And also um I mean if you're playing like a horde army or if you're playing an army that has a lot of bodies or even if you're not, even if you're just sort of smart with your positioning, from what I understand, um a lot of these you know, bringing units back or or summoning units um, have to be sort of wholly within or within X amount of inches, nine, eighteen inches of a general, or within a gravesite. 
So if you know that it's a case, then maybe you can just sort of stand on the gravesite um, and they can't bring them up. Yeah, flood that area. Exactly, yeah. flood that area to board. And they they might have the points to do so, but they can't because they can't physically set up that many models. Um, they might be able to set up sort of ten or whatever because there is that rule of um, is it a rule or an FAQ that I saw saying if you can't set up you know, a whole unit, can you set up some amount of models from that unit and the rest kind of is destroyed and, and long story short, it was like, yeah, you can set up. Oh, really? I, I haven't um, seen that, but I would have assumed just uh, just from common sense, I guess, when it says you can pull the whole unit back, if the whole unit can't fit in that space, then it's it's not going to happen. You just can't have it. Yeah, I need to, I need to double check that. I think that was on, um, I don't know if you saw that Warhammer Weekly, like eight hour stream, hats off to those guys. Um, but I think Tom from Warhammer Weekly made a comment along those lines, unless I completely misinterpreted mm-hmm. it, but I'll find out in the next couple of days when I actually sit down and read these fucking books, um, that it was like, if you had a unit of 40, but you can't physically fit 40 models within X amount of inches of space, can you sort of set up, you know, 25 if they can fit? And I think his comment and summary was, yes, you can. Um, so I'll, I'll have a look into that. I think it was an FAQ. Mm. Um, but we'll see. We'll right. see. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll have a more informed opinion on something after this weekend. But as you said, there are ways to deal with it. Deal with the general, deal with the person who <clears throat> enables that ability, flood the board in the areas where the, the units can come on, so on and so forth. Otherwise, did you have anything else to sort of add or, or cover, bro? This has been a pretty sort of waffly <laughs> episode. No, like, not really. I think we kind of just all... went all over the place and covered thoughts and opinions and you know how we think it's going so far and... I don't know if we actually covered anything. I think we just sort of spoke words. And like, you know, I don't know if it made sense I think all. that's probably pretty um, much where this whole podcast come from, was just me and you talking shit about fuck knows what. And um, this was kind of pretty raw. Yeah, it was just us talking over Messenger and then being like, hey, I'm sick of typing all day. Can we maybe <laughs> do this verbally? Yeah. And then it's like, hey, why don't we record this? And then it's like, oh, yeah, let's see what happens. Um but thank you to the almost 200 people who have, or 200 downloads, I should say. It doesn't mean the 200 people that have, um, you know, downloaded our show. Yeah, that's so fucking it's awesome. Cool. It's quite, hum- it's quite, it's quite humbling to know that people actually want to listen to us, and um, quite humbling to know that the show, the downloads for each show is sort of pretty consistent as well. Um, so it's not like we had heaps in the first one and then a huge drop off on the second one because everyone was like fuck those guys are garbage <laughs> like, that's a waste of my time but hopefully we i don't know we bring something to the table and hopefully people learn something from talking to us or not um other than that i think we'll probably call it there for the moment um now for the next couple of shows we've got a we've got a busy week coming up for us so it's it's tuesday at the moment What's the date? I'm off work, so I don't know what the date is. Tuesday, the 3rd of July. Um, as I said, I'm going to Warhouse this weekend, so I'm going. Unfortunately, my, my partner in crime isn't coming. He's got work commitments and shit. Um, so that's on the 7th and 8th of July. Um, so as I said, possibly the first match play tournament in the world. Possibly. Don't know. Going to claim it um, until someone corrects me anyway. Lists are due tomorrow, Wednesday, the 4th of July at 9pm at night. Um, we are going to try Smash Out show tomorrow night, and we're going to talk about some of the lists from Warhouse, possibly all of them. We'll see how we go, how long it takes, you know, when you add another person. So we've got, a, obviously, this show today on Tuesday, and then a show tomorrow on Wednesday. 
Um, and then I plan to do a recap show next week. So we'll see how soon we can get that in. Just going over my games, what I learned, a bit more like sort of our second episode where we talk about games played and what happened and experiences and takeaways and so on and so forth. I uh, might try to get a guest on who also played in a tournament for that show too. So what I'm saying is we're going to be recording three shows in roughly a week, um, which has left me sort of time poor. So I will be throwing out this show and especially tomorrow's show, which is covering the list pretty quickly. Um, so I might not edit all of them. <laughs> I might just sort of chuck them out raw and see what happens. Um, because I want to sort of get these shows up, especially the one tomorrow that cover lists. Cause yeah, you know, would, comes out Wednesday night. Like, needs to be as I said, yeah. And then, yeah. And then the tournament's like two days later, three days later, two to three days later. So, um, and the whole point is to showcase and spotlight New Zealand match play age of Sigma. And it's to give voice to us down here in the bottom of the world. Um, so we're trying to promote and highlight and we want to do that sort of as effective as effectively as we can. So these next couple of shows might be, especially this one and the one tomorrow, I mean, the one tomorrow might even be up before this one, um, will be pretty raw, is what I'm saying. So please bear with us. And by raw, I mean, you know, I'm probably not going to clean up the pauses and the R's and the, the swearing as much as I do. Um, so that's sort of what to expect <laughs> from from us in the, in the next coming week. Quite a few free sh- uh, shows and a couple of guests and tournament coverage, list reviews, uh, it'll be awesome. It'll be interesting. I'm really looking forward to this weekend, catching up with some lads from Auckland and Hamilton, catching up with the Mr. Shorts himself, his first tournament for maybe a year. I don't know. I don't know if he played in any sort of back in the last year, um, but it'll be interesting. And also getting on the piss, which is the most important part of the tournament. Um, I'm playing Ron, who's a bit infamous for getting pretty hammered. Um, and he said he was going to be, ideally sober on the Saturday morning, so that will be interesting. Um, but I, I expect there will be a big night planned for for the Saturday night. So you will be missed, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I have to miss out on this one. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sting. Yeah. It's going to sting looking at the group chat. Yeah, that's all right. We'll have to make up for it. Um, Called arms in early yeah, August. Fuck yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, we'll call it there for now, guys. Uh, so thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back in your ears pretty soon.